Hello there. From Feels Like Friday Films and Radio Nowhere, this is Did You Hear This? With your hosts, Zach and Paul. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Did You Hear This? I'm Paul. And I'm still Zach. Yes, all three of you listeners out there. Oh my God, we grew another listener. Oh, half a listener. Yes. yes. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Paul's excited. One of these days, we've got so many depressing topics lately. One of these days, we're going to have to do another theme show. You know, we've talked about a few of them, like Star Wars and things mm-hmm. like that. Let's yeah. keep that in mind coming up here, Paul. I feel like a sports one would be fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be be really time appropriate. Yeah, man. I wish I knew more about soccer or football so that I could address what's going on with the European Super League. But um, you, I yeah, just got yeah. a huge, like, two hour lesson on it last night. It was really interesting. Fascinating. Instead, we're going to avoid fun topics like that. We're going to avoid the big conversation topic in the United States right now. Instead, we're going internationally. And Paul, we're going to look at Alexei Navalny. Mm -hmm. I probably 100% said that wrong. Listeners, Mm -hmm. today's episode is Zach mispronounces Russian names. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, What do you know about him? Uh, I know that he is the current leader of the coalition of opposition against uh, Putin, who, uh, for listeners who, you know, haven't had the time or the headspace to deal with Putin, uh, has basically been the leader of Russia since Yeltsin died. Um, uh, There was a brief four-year period where he stepped away from the presidency, but then made himself prime minister, Mm -hmm. uh, and then was like, no, I'm I'm done. I'm going to go back to being president for life. Um, yep. And in 2012, this guy, Navalny, um, started out as sort of like a Russian ethnic nationalist um, uh, candidate, and then ultimately reached out to other groups to try to create this coalition to oppose uh, Putin's rule of Russia, um, and has been sort of persecuted and chased out of Russia at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume there's a lot of detail that you've got to catch us up on as well. So yeah, in fact, a breaking story as of an hour ago to add to it as well, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. We seem to be very good at planning for stories, and then right before we go to <laughs> to the press, if you will, there's it's an a, update it, on them. It's it's a it's a show uh, tradition. It's a running gag for mm-hmm. us that we're so super prepared, and then. <laughs> He's been arrested a few times for things mm-hmm. like protesting and such, which is illegal there. Keep that in mind because we're going to apply this to the United States. And remember these laws going through, especially like the recent one that DeSantos signed off on in mm-hmm. Florida that are anti-protest. Mm-hmm. Which and, is un-American. Uh, yeah. And in uh, 20... Hello, Dua. <laughs> Not too <laughs> long ago, I, I want to say 2020, somewhere around there, he got on a flight mm-hmm. and the flight had to be redirected because quote unquote, allegedly, although all the international sources say hundred percent, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin poisoned his underpants. Mm-hmm. So he had to be emergency flown to Germany while he was recovering. He failed to check in under the terms of his probation mm-hmm. because, you know, he was almost dead from being poisoned in his underpants. Sure. Uh, and so he's recently been, Rearrested, reconvicted, uh, was sent to not a prison, but a penal colony. Mm-hmm. 
and recently was hospitalized. Now, independent doctors, not state doctors, very important distinction there, have been arrested trying to provide him medical care. Right. And the most recent update, as of an hour ago, mm-hmm. over a thousand protesters in Russia have been arrested mm-hmm. for supporting Navalny. I think it's worth pointing out as well that while he's been at this labor camp, he's decided to uh, undergo a hunger strike. So since yes. March, he has been on a hunger strike. Um, and what medical records the opposition in Russia has been able to get out from him um, through whatever channels they've been able to get them say that essentially he's on the point of kidney failure now and that essentially he could die at any moment. Meanwhile, the official state, uh, you know, the official state doctors and the Russian government are saying that he's putting on a show and that he's been fine the entire time and that his health is fine and he's receiving Mm -hmm. all adequate treatment, which uh, is not a phrase saying that he's actually being treated. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Paul had a little tidbit to jump in here too, that this actually isn't that unusual, Paul. That's correct. Russia has a very long history um, and it's not just Russia, but Russia in particular in the last uh, 30, 40 years, you know, even surviving past the fall of communism Russia has been using a tactic of poisoning uh, defectors or opposition um, that is very common uh, in the second half of the 20th 20th century, uh, as well as the beginning of the 21st. Notably, um, there was a defected spy um, who uh, at one point uh, was, uh, let's see, his name was Litvinenko, I think. Lit vanilla, got it. Yeah, st- stick around for an update at the end of the episode on that name, probably. Um, but essentially, he he had been a vocal, uh, propo- you know, a vocal, outspoken um, defector from the FSB, uh, which is the current version of the Russian uh, intelligence agency. Um, it's essentially the same as the KGB, and um, he was speaking out about the methods being used and was really speaking out against uh, Putin. Um, and he was poisoned using uh, radiation. Um, they're, they're not sure how he was infected, but uh, all of the international agencies uh, involved, including um, Scotland Yard um, and the UN, came to the conclusion that the Russian Federation had to have had something to do with his death. Um, so this is not this is not an isolated incident. This is something that, um, Putin has used in the past to silence enemies of his uh, regime. Now, Paul, I just looked it up for you. It's Alexander Litvinenko. Litvinenko? Mm-hmm. Again, Zach mispronounces Russian names. That's today's episode. Zach mispronounces names! The obviously tragic thing, it goes to show you a state that pretends to be democratic that clearly is not because if mm-hmm. there's any opposition, they get jailed and executed. Yeah. But I thought it made an excellent parallel to some of the conversation you hear in the United States recently. We know that our last regime was very, let's say, Russia friendly, like to get, you know, golden showers in Russian hotels. Also incredibly hostile to anyone perceived to be uh, opposing their power. Which One is might what even I use- One might even use the word vindictive to describe Mm -hmm. the way in which the previous administration under 
the unholy horror of a solidified uh, orange creamsicle that melted uh, <laughs> and got a bunch of dog hair in it um, was incredibly vindictive to uh, the opposition and at times literally asked for his followers to openly commit violence against people perceived to be against him. Yeah, and I think even if you get outside now that particular individual mm-hmm. and you start looking at just the really new party that's risen around him mm-hmm. and look at a lot of uh, a lot of what they say, things like going all the way back to the 2016 election with Hillary Clinton, lock her up. Mm-hmm. Why? Basically just because she's a political enemy. Right. You, you saw on the Capitol riots on the 6th where groups were prepared to execute Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. who, by the way, is in their group. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got the makings of what I hope and pray is a minority, but where their ideology has gotten so extreme that political enemies are the same as criminal enemies. Well, they and that's... should be thrown in jail or executed. And I think that what we're seeing, unfortunately, is the fruition of uh, the old adage that the next Hitler will not look or sound like Hitler. It'll be a man of the people because we perceive the the dictatorships of the 30s, the Mussolini's, the Hitler's, the Stalin's, um, any, any of those groups. Um, mm-hmm. And what we see is that these are movements that are supported through the grassroots, much the way that we've seen um, you know, in, in recent years in this country, or we've seen all over the world, uh, really, it, it's, it's a serious problem in France, it's a problem in Greece, it's a problem mm-hmm. in England, it's a problem all over the place. And what we see is these people, in order to solidify power when they have it, make repeated claims that the opposition to their rule is in some way responsible for the downfall of society that they are fighting against. And so in labeling all opposition as traitors or as uh, saboteurs or, um, you know, saying that they're stealing your country, what you're doing is you're creating a process of othering that then allows people to make logical leaps on their own without being told that, oh, well, we can't trust these people if they are responsible for these things. Mm -hmm. And so I think Obviously, this is what we see with Putin in Russia, but it's also dangerously close to being common in this country. Look at our old friend Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to start the America First Caucus. Which would would support, and this is very, not even coded anymore, just very Mm -hmm. blatant, Mm -hmm. Anglo-Saxon ideals. Which I want to point this out, you know, first of all, (coughs) that is white supremacy, straight up. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And more, more than that, I do think there, there is a component where culturally you can say, you know, I, I come from Swedish heritage or whatever, and I'm proud of that. And here's some Swedish traditions, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between that and saying, I'm white, so I'm better. So I hate all of you. Exactly. You can have cultural tradition without making it exclusive. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a gatekeeper on culture. You know, if you really want to preserve that culture, you have to let people into it. You have to explain it to them. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we reach a point of misunderstanding where stereotypes are all that people know. And clearly, that's what we're seeing from groups like the America First. But to get us back on topic. Yeah, I was going to say, to make a short story very, very long. Yeah. I think it's critical that we look at this now 
And there are a lot of these things that are starting to slide. And obviously it's hard to have a conversation with those particular groups, but Mm -hmm. you can see how quickly and easily it can become Mm -hmm. a Putin regime. Right. Mm -hmm. So we think we're above all these tyrannical things, but the symptoms of them are there. Mm -hmm. And we can see the outcomes of them in these other countries. And let me tell you, Russia is not some backwoods country, right? Mm -hmm. They are a developed nation. So mm-hmm. it can happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week, uh, I, you know, I'm always all about either animals or, you know, the future that we were promised as kids. So uh, something very cool did come about this week via NASA that is one of those, you know, space, the final frontier, uh, the great journey in, of, of man to space. Oh, type I of think story. I know where this is going. And I hope you do. Amazing. So, so uh, this week, NASA launched the first helicopter on Mars. Yes. It flew a total of 30 seconds and about 10 feet off the ground. And one of the coolest things about this, um, besides, you know, the fact that we were able to relay instructions to a helicopter and fly it robotically, even for 30 seconds on a planet that far away, which is incredible. Like, that's incredible. Think what we could do um, mm-hmm. if we start pushing yep. boundaries like that again. The current planet. distance to Mars, by the way, is uh-huh. 181.64 million miles. So we were flying a helicopter 181 million miles away. Incredible. Uh-huh. So one of the coolest little pieces of this story, though, is that uh, NASA took a piece of cloth from the wing of the Wright Flyer, the first airplane ever to uh, fly, um, which you know happened in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, 1903. Um, and uh, they, they put it aboard the helicopter before flight. So not only has the Wright Flyer now been the first uh, man-made flying object with a motor on Earth, it's now part of uh, the first human earthly made um flying object on mars and i just think that's so cool that right? is like, so incredible I, I wish i had a joke to tell about this but in all honesty it's me geeking out that's the fun of this is like but, this yeah. is the kind of stuff we dreamed about as kids right so there again, is there is no joke here this is just amazing this is this is the destiny of humankind, right? Mm-hmm. This is all the good stuff we like to believe that can come out of humans. And I, I like to think that if we can ever find our way out of this, you know, long good night that we're in at the moment, um, it, maybe we can recapture some of that optimism. And maybe if we can do it while also respecting diversity and also rewarding and celebrating people just for being who they are, we might actually be able to solve some of these things that have been out of our reach for so long. Think mm-hmm. about what we can do to like get to Mars and fly a piece of the first airplane on Mars. Now imagine if we got everyone involved. Imagine if we could come together, what could we accomplish? What would be out of our, nothing. Nothing would be impossible because we would be able to work together. And, you know, I just think sometimes that's what we need more of, especially now especially now as we're starting to see younger generations who have grown up in that time of respect and understanding. And not all of them are perfect. Obviously, I don't want to throw a blanket statement out there, but they're kids, right? And kids learn. 
And if we can make the world a place where those kids learn the power of working together and of acceptance, there's nothing that will hold us back. And I think that's, at least to me, what I hope for when we talk about all of these things is that kind of future for whoever is coming after our generation. Paul, I think this item looked worked out really, really well. We started with what our country could become, mm-hmm. looking at places like Russia, but we're ending with what the world could become. Yep. Helicopters on Mars. Helicopters on Mars, dude. Also great band name. It's true. Right? I Free for you out there. We helicopters on Mars. Just thank us in the album notes and maybe like 2% of royalties. We're not greedy. Thank you, all 2.8 of you, for joining us. This has ah, been... We lost... Did you hear this? We lost 0.2 in one episode? We did. Oh. Poisoned by Russia via underpants. I'm Paul. And I'm still Zach. We'll catch you next week. Did you hear this is a Radio Nowhere production. Co-produced by Feels Like Friday Films. From all of us here, Have a better tomorrow. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.